So I'm going to tack this on before the rest of the podcast because this happened while I was doing my podcast. Um, We just lost a really big part of our secondary, which is going to suck, but we didn't really have cap form anyway. Uh, Jalen Mills signs a four-year deal with the Patriots, knowing Bill Belichick will probably go win a Super Bowl there, another one, but signs a four-year deal with the Patriots. He was our other starting safety, although he wasn't great at safety. I did like him still having him there because he was able to play corner when we need him to when Avante Maddox went down or Darius Slay goes down because we saw what Michael Jaquette did against the Cowboys. Nothing. Um, but he signs a four-year deal with the Patriots, and we lose him, and I think that's going to be a big loss for us. So, But I just wanted to add that into the podcast before we uh, get into the rest of it. So we'll start here. Enjoy. What is going on, guys? Another week, another podcast. Again, we're going to start out like normal, starting off with the Eagles. And as of today, the 15th, We are two days away from needing to be cap compliant. And so with that, they've made a lot of moves and they still have a couple left that they could make in order to get cap compliant. So we're going to jump right into that. They need to be cap compliant by the 17th on Wednesday. And as of right now, they are just under 207 million. So they are about 10 mil off from where they need to be because they had money roll in from last year. This will leave them about 10 mil above the cap space for the 51-man cap. The top 51 paid players are what count against the team on March 17th. So, as of between this past week, they restructured Isaac Sayamalu, which saved 2.4 million. They restructured Brandon Brooks, which the details aren't out yet for that. He has a $10 million cap hit. And a player of his experience needs to make at least a million dollars. At most, you can save about nine mil. I doubt that'll happen, though. Well, I'm looking at maybe four mil getting taken off. Maybe five mil. In my, that's what I'm thinking might happen. And they also restructured Javon Hargrave from 15.2 down to 5.8, saving 9.4 million in order to get where they are. And they have to get rid of about 10 mil more. So in order to do that, they need to restructure Brandon Graham, which it might not be necessary because they told Lane Johnson they were looking to restructure his contract, but then they said that they're not going to. And what I say to that is if he was willing to, then why not open up some more cap space if he's going to let you? But they need to restructure Brandon Graham if they're still going to do that. That might not be necessary, but he did agree to take a pay cut. So we're still going to see if they're going to restructure him. They're going to cut Malik Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey June 1st cuts. So we have to wait a little bit for that. And I would like for them to to bring back Derek Barnett. DN, I think he's really good. He was a first-round draft pick out of Tennessee. I like the way he plays. He's very aggressive and he's quick. He's a good, quick uh, rusher off the edge. So what I think they should do is let him go to free agency. Because if they were to pick up his fifth-year option, that'd be 10 mil. So let him go to free agency and pick him back up afterwards. There won't, there probably won't be many offers for him, being that he didn't really have a strong first four seasons. 
this was his fourth season was what really stood out and it wasn't even still all that great he's good for a rotation of dns that we're gonna have so i'd like to see them bring him back but we'll see how they're gonna do that without taking a 10 mil cap hit they can still trade zach ertz he says he's getting impatient and i mean i don't blame him he doesn't look like he's gonna play much here so why not get rid of him Eagles look like they're trying to hold out to try to get a better offer, but they're not really... I think it honestly might be hurting them more than it's helping them because he can still play here. He still has one more year on his contract. So really teams by not offering are getting hurt more than we are. And lastly, I think they can trade Andre Dillard. He's holding on to cap that we don't really need him for. Jordan Malata showed he can start at tackle and you drafted Andre Dillard first round to have him start, but Mylotta looks like he's going to be that guy. So I think we can trade Dillard, and we might be able to get a draft pick, which we need to move to that younger team that we want to get. With that, it was announced that the Eagles are going to get two compensatory picks, six rounders back-to-back, 224 and 225. Going into that draft topic, I'm not really going to get too far into the draft. We still have over a month until we get there. But the Eagles offensive coordinator and the QB coach were at Trey Lance's Pro Day, another quarterback out of NDSU, and I don't see why they were going there. I don't really think, if we're looking to draft a quarterback, it's going to be late rounds, I hope. Five, six, seven, you do not want to draft someone within the first three rounds, in my opinion, to look to give another quarterback controversy. So I think we should just pick up a cheap journeyman backup and give Hertz an older guy to help show him the ropes and there were reports this morning of the Eagles apparently looking to give offers to the pending free agent Jacoby Brissett who backed up Tom Brady and Jimmy G in New England and started with the Colts for a little bit and then backed Phillip Rivers up in Indy. Lastly before we move on to the Flyers and the Phillies Shady looks like he's contemplating retiring after 12 seasons, and I say he should. He hasn't really done much the last two seasons. But here's the big talk if he retires. They've already said it on Good Morning Football a couple times. and It's a big talk. Does he get to the Hall? Me, personally, I don't think he does. He has good stats. He has good numbers. He has two Super Bowls. But after he left the Eagles, he didn't really do anything. With the Eagles, he averaged over 1,100 yards per season. He averaged 953 with the Bills. And then he had 465 yards with the Chiefs and was a healthy scratch for the Super Bowl when they won. And then he had 31 yards with the Bucks in a whole season and sat the bench during a Super Bowl win. So, yes, he has two Super Bowls, but he didn't do anything for those two Super Bowls. He didn't do anything. I mean, 953 is not bad numbers at all per season that's not bad at all but he when you're averaging 1100 yards in your first five six seasons and then you go and you then drop almost 200 yards per season that's a little worrisome and then he didn't even break 500 yards with the Chiefs so I don't think he gets into the hall I of course hope he does I love Shady I think he was a great player for the Eagles and I hope he does but I don't think he will there are some players who are way more deserving of getting in than he is, and they're still not in. So with that, that's all I got for the Eagles. Not really much today. Uh, 
the biggest problem was cap compliance and that happens in two days and they look like they're easily going to get there and still keeping the team pretty much intact. We still got our O-line. Uh, Darius Slay is still with us, which is good. So we're going to see how we get there and how good we'll be next season because I was worried about how the team was going to react to all this, all these cuts and everything, but they didn't really cut much. They cut more cap space than they did players. So we'll see how that affects us in this next season. And we're going to go get a word from Anchor. Then we'll move on to the Flyers. Welcome back, guys. We're going to move right into the Flyers and how they did in these past couple of games and what we're going to do in the future, how the standings are looking, and what we need to do to hopefully get into the playoffs and do something in the playoffs. So we played four games this past week, four-game homestand. You played the Caps on Sunday, which I talked about last week, so you can go check that one out if you want to see how they did against the Caps. We played... Buffalo, and then the Caps two more times, and we had the Rangers tonight. So, started out with a fourth loss to the Caps that past Sunday, and then we go to a 5-4 shootout win in comeback fashion against the Sabres. Really good comeback, but again, it's against the Sabres. They're the worst team in the division, worst team in the league. They're 26 games, they have 16 points. So that really isn't much. You really got to take advantage of those games against them. So we shouldn't have had to come back against them. But you get goals from Kevin Hayes, JVR, Giroux, and Ghost. You get two and two for two in the shootout from Couturier and pa- Patrick. And Carter Hart gets pulled again for the second time against the Sabres. And Brian Elliott comes in and finishes out the game and has gets the offense to step up and win the game. Then you go on, you play the Caps, and you lose 5-3. to three. You get goals from Travis Konechny, Ivan Provorov, Scott Lawton. You start the game down 4-1, to one, and you start to mount the comeback, and then you can't finish the game. It was the first real sign that Elliott actually is a human in net and not a monster or a tank because he was playing really good this season, and he just didn't... He didn't really play well that game, uh, and you get TK scoring, which is a good sign. Patrick scored on the shootout in the game before, who are two players who really need to get scoring because those are two really good offensive players that if we can get them going in a groove, that will help the team go forward. So after you get that 5-3 loss, starting to get the comeback, you get a 5-4 loss against the Caps again. Uh you get goals from JVR, Nolan Patrick, Gostas Fair, and Giroux again. And Nolan Patrick scores again, showing that he might be coming up, getting that offensive start that he needed. This is the best he's played since those first two games against the Penguins, coming off probably an adrenaline rush after playing, not playing hockey for over a year. So he's starting to score, which is a good sign, because if we can get him going then that's really going to help our offense out. Uh, Brian gets pulled for the first time of the season, and you start out five down 5-2, and you try to come back again. You can only come back in so many games in a row. That cannot. You can have an identity of coming back, but you can't count on that to win games. So these four games showed that the team is resilient. All of these games 
we were coming back from behind and we almost got there. Uh, the first loss to the Caps was all these games were we were down and we came back to within one each game. The first loss to the Caps, they got an empty netter, so that is why it's that's why it was five three. So I'm not really counting that empty netter, but uh, so you come back to within one in all those games and you just can't finish. Uh, Carter Hart, he's in a rough spot right now. AV says he needs to compete more, and Carter Hart knows he's in a slump. He's said in his post game availability that he is, and the only the only way to fix him is let him play it out. Don't try to rest him or whatever. Let him play it out. Let him get back in that groove, especially with the schedule that we're going to have coming up. The Caps show that they might be an issue for us, just like the Bruins. With the three losses this week, that makes us 1-3 against the Capitals. No overtime losses, all regulation. So they look like they might be an issue for us. So those are two teams that are going to be in the playoffs, most definitely, that we're going to have to get through in order to get somewhere. And finally, in all these games, we outshot them. We had 30-plus shots in all of these games, and yet we still lost in three or four of them. And the one that we didn't lose, we had to come from behind. So this shows that shots really don't mean anything. Yes, they lead to zone time. You get the byproducts of shots, but you, you need the goals. Shots mean nothing. Shots are not created equal. Shots... You can you can throw as many shots from the blue line to the goalie as you want, but unless they're going in, they don't mean anything. So I'm going to look over at the standings going into our look at the future because we have a really... I think this will be a good stretch for the Flyers in, this, in the remainder of the month, and here's why. So first, you got the Islanders, 42 points in 29 games. The Caps in second with 38 points in 27 games. Pittsburgh in third with 35 points in 27 games. Boston in fourth with 32 points in 25 games. We're in fifth, 29 points in 25 games. Three points behind Boston, who we will not see again until April. Uh, The Rangers at 25 points in 26 games. New Jersey, 20 points in 25 games. Buffalo, 16 points in 26 games. Three points behind a playoff spot. Pittsburgh really jumped up, Washington has jumped up, and the Islanders has jumped up. The Caps have won four straight, Penguins have won five straight, Islanders have won nine straight. But, good thing about the Islanders, they're a streaky team, so yes, they could win nine straight now, and then they could lose five straight next. So, if we catch them at the right time, we might be able to get them in a bad spot and get take advantage of a streaky team there. So, let's look forward for the rest of the month because this will be a real test on what we'll do at the deadline do we go for someone or do we give someone up because we won't have anything to go for so this week you get a road trip in new york and that will be the real test i think for the rest of the month because this is probably aside from the last week this will be the roughest week for the rest of the season so you go to you go to Madison Square Garden, you play the Rangers tonight and Wednesday, and then after that, you play the Islanders Thursday and Saturday. So you got a back-to-back Wednesday and Thursday. The Islanders, number one team in the division, but again, streaky team. We are 2-0 against them, so hopefully we can keep that going. Uh, then after that, you get a four-game home homestand the next week. You get the Islanders on a Monday, the Devils on Tuesday, so another back-to-back there. 
and then the Rangers on Thursday and Saturday. And then to close out the month, you get Buffalo on the 29th and the 31st, both in Buffalo. And here's what we need to do in order to catch up. Keep in mind, this is all what I think should happen, what could happen. Uh, so I think we can go 7-2-1 in, the, in these final 10 games of the month. You got 10 games, three games, three of the games are teams above you in the standings, and that's only one team. It's the New York Islanders. So I think when you play the Islanders, you need to get three points out of six possible points. So that's a win and an overtime loss. I think if you get at least three points, that'll put you in a good spot for the rest of the month. You get the Rangers four times, which I think you need to win at least three of those games because they're a good team. But you need to take advantage of their goaltending because they don't have very good goaltending. Uh, you need to win at home against the Devils. And then you need to get those two wins in Buffalo at the end of the month. They're the worst team in the division and the worst team in the league. You cannot let them beat you. So hopeful record, 7-2-1. and one. What would be even better is 7-0-3 oh, or even better 10-0. Oh, but let's be realistic. Um, so hopefully we go 7-2-1. and one. That'd be 15 points in the standings which would give us 44 points in 35 games by the end of the month, getting ready to go into the trade deadline. I think if we have 44 points in 35 games, we'll be in a playoff spot. And you also got to keep in mind that since every game is played within a division, every game is a four-point swing. So, And every team in this division can win, can win a game, except for Buffalo maybe. Uh, but New Jersey is a good young team. New York, another really good team. They just have sketchy goaltending. And then you got the top four teams, top five teams, Philadelphia, New York, Washington, Pittsburgh, Boston, are all good depth teams who are going to be the ones competing for a playoff spot. So one of these good teams is going to miss just short. Uh, So I think if you get 15 points and you have 44 points in 35 games, that'll be good for us and it'll hopefully get us out of that slump going into April going for the trade deadline so I think in order to achieve that record you need to take advantage of playing these low and bad teams and use this stretch to get wins and get back in the standings get back into a playoff spot the process is good you're getting a lot of shots which again I don't really think shots are that big of an issue but the bipod byproduct of shots getting time in the offensive zone creating chances those are what gets you wins so you'll with a lot of shots you'll get a lot of goal time and this result will catch up to the process we have lost two straight but we can and we barely beat buffalo and then we lost the game before that so we should have four straight losses but hopefully this process will get us back and give us the good result that we're looking for. And in order for us to achieve that, Carter Hart and Brian Elliott need to get back into their groove. Hart's in a slump, but hopefully these inferior opponents, in my opinion, except for the Islanders, but the Rangers and Buffalo and New Jersey are all winnable teams. I think you could even go 4-0 against the Rangers in in the rest of the month. You should beat Buffalo twice. You should beat New Jersey. So we could potentially get eight wins... And then I think if we do get any losses, it'll be to the Islanders. So, and one to the Rangers, but that's being realistic.
So in order to win these games, goaltending needs to be better. We need to stop taking these early deficits. We need to stop giving up goals. The Flyers lead the NHL in goals after they score. So the Flyers give up a goal within the first two minutes after they score. And they have 12 of those this season, which leads the NHL. So they need to stop giving up goals right after that, after they score, because that kills their momentum. And hockey is a momentum game. You want to, you want to fight for momentum. You get momentum. And when you lose momentum, you do everything to try to get it back and keep it. So you need to stop taking those early deficits, stop giving up goals immediately. You need to play tighter defense to give your goalie some help and you need to start out strong and you need to stay strong through the game. So overall, I think we should finish strong with this month. And if we don't, I think we're going to be sellers at the deadline as opposed to buyers. And at the deadline, we need to get another, we need to get a top four defenseman because we're having a lot of trouble with our defense. So with that, I'm going to head on over to the Phillies and we'll see how the Flyers play out for the rest of the month. So with the Phillies, the biggest thing going on right now is spring training. A couple, couple weeks before opening day on April 1st. And with that, a couple big questions. What's our center field going to look like? And with that, Adubel Herrera looking like he's making a very strong case to be the starter in center field in a very tight race. He gets another homer in a 6-5 win over the Yankees. And Kingery and Quinn continue to strike out. Number one overall pick, Mickey Moniak, is playing from the bench, but he did have a couple doubles in that game, so he looks like he's trying to play for that center field spot too. But Also, I think Kingery would be a good player to have as a Swiss Army knife because he's played infield, he's played outfield, he knows what he's doing. Quinn, he's always had an issue with the bat, so I think Herrera would be the best option there anyway, even though he looks like he's going to be the option there anyway. Girardi says he likes the way he's playing, but the race is far from over. He says it's going to give it two more weeks, which makes it sound like it's going to be a week of opening day decision before we figure out who will be the center fielder. And with that going into the season, talk a little bit about the season, we need to tighten up the late game. We've even had problems in spring training with the late game. The biggest issue is the bench. After your starting lineup, you don't really have much. In order to win the division or even get into the playoffs, you need a bench. In this really tough division, which is probably the best division in baseball, you got the Braves, who are perennial playoff contenders. They've won the division three straight years. Uh, They also got really good young players. You got Ronald Acuna, you got Ozzie Albies, and Freddie Freeman, who just won MVP. You got the Nationals, who are two years removed from a World Series win, and they'll be looking for another, especially with Juan Soto. Uh, The Mets, who have the young slugger in Pete Alonso and a good team around him. The Marlins, who have that young team with a bright future after making the playoffs for the first time since 2003, looking to make a splash in the playoffs, no pun intended. Uh, And then the Phillies, who are a young team, The nine-year playoff drought. That's the longest playoff drought in the division. So, in order to tighten that up, we have a really good rotation. You got Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin, Zach Wheeler, and then Matt Moore, who has played three really strong games and looks like he's going to lock up that fourth spot in the rotation on the team. Uh, 
and the bullpen looks like it's going to be better. Got better velocity, better experience. Hopefully lock that up in the end. And the defense will need to... We have really good bats. So in order to... We can slug in the beginning, and then in the end, we just need to lock up on defense. Try to make it out. Try to make it so teams can't come back after the first couple of innings. Because once we lose our starter, we all know the bullpen is an issue. Hopefully it'll be better with this better this season with better experience like I just said but uh we need we need the defense to hold up they don't even need to be great they just need to be solid the because with Nolan Nola Eflin and Zach Wheeler ranked 2 6 and 11 in the ground ball rate in the MLB so the infield just needs to be sound they don't need to be amazing they just need to be able to get the ball to first base not let anyone get there and then we should be able to stay afloat I think we need to stop being a streaky team I know that's easier said than done but we need to focus on trying to stay winning and not set our minds somewhere else and just focus on the game we have at hand and I think I've been saying this for a couple years because I'm a typical Philly fan uh I think we have a really good team we have a good future we have a young team but it's a matter of the team actually performing, not what I not what I say. So hopefully this will be a good season. Hopefully we make the playoffs, do something good in the playoffs. And opening day is right around the corner, two weeks away. So we'll see how they play out in the regular season. So with that, I am going to end the podcast. Uh, remember to come back next week for another episode. You can check out my other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, see what else you missed. I do do this weekly, so check all the other ones out, and I will see you guys next week. Keep the bell ringing.